You're listening to Dirty Feet, a podcast from No More Radio. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. Hosted by, animé par, Alison Burns, JD Papillon, et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Stay tuned. We're going to move you. This week, we're talking about sometime between now and when the sun goes supernova, which is the name of a piece that's going to be uh, coming up soon here in Montreal that you're going to be able to catch at the Théâtre aux Écuries. And uh, we have the pleasure of speaking with uh, two of the creators of the piece, the, the main creator, Mark Laws, who is from Calgary, who is the artistic director and the founder of Theatre Junction, and also the driving force behind the redevelopment of the Grand, which is the Theatre Junction space in Calgary. Uh, he's been in Montreal before uh, with the work Lucy Lost Her Heart in 2012. He was actually on Movement Museum back when we were doing that program on CKUT discussing that work. Uh, we also have in studio Raphael Thirier, who is one of the writers, one of the performers and a dramaturge for this latest work, the Supernova work. Raphael is from uh, France. These, uh, these creators have also worked on another show that you may have seen back in 2012 at Usine It was called Lucy Lost Her Heart. A big part of that production, and as it sounds, a big part of this upcoming production as well, is the multidisciplinary aspect of these performances created by Mr. Mark Laws and uh, the Theatre Junction. Well, Lucy Lost Her Heart was, again, very multidisciplinary. We had um, some performers doing a lot of acting and moving on stage. We had lots of uh, elaborate set pieces and uh, some technology in there as well. And uh, it was kind of maybe ghost stories almost of, of memories and uh, people real or not real or forgotten or remembered. So it was a very kind of abstract, um, again, multidisciplinary story. So I would love to hear a little bit more about uh, just kind of this this wide genre that you work in and kind of if you could do a better description of the kind of different elements that you use in this, in this sort of creation. Uh, sure, the... Multidisciplinary work or interdisciplinary work is, uh, yeah, part of what we've been exploring over the last five years. We uh, Lucy Lost Her Heart was the end of a trilogy, uh, so it was kind of the end of a certain kind of work that we were doing, and uh, Supernova is the beginning of a new phase of our work. But we still are working a lot with uh, dancers, actors, uh, in Supernova, we worked with a filmmaker from France, Alexandre Mering, and uh, live music on stage. So we have a musician um, sampling voices, playing music. Uh, and in Supernova, we have a lot of interface with the, the with the screen. And uh, Supernova really was is about this kind of. Uh, how technology is changing how we see the world and changing our consciousness. So um, the kind of multidisciplinary aspect has actually become the subject of this last piece. So before it was kind of more in the form of what we were doing, and now it's really about the subject of this piece. Started to kind of in, was inspired by uh, Marshall McLuhan and, and his uh, writings on understanding media. I think uh, something that's very intriguing for me about the description of this of this latest work is the idea of the the 
the blending or the meeting place between like the the live human body and kind of the recorded technology kind of aspect of things and this seems to be a theme not just in this work but uh as technology is advancing and people are starting to utilize it in the world of performance art and and to yeah like you're saying now make that the subject of what you're talking about Mm -hmm. yeah well we uh rafael and i are partners and we co-wrote the piece together and uh, Raphael is from France, and we spend a lot of time Skyping back and forth <laughs> from Canada, from Calgary and France. And, you know, the idea of this piece really came to me when we were Skyping together, and I was speaking away, and then my computer froze, and Raphael's image was stuck on the computer, and I was still talking, and I didn't realize that, you know, her image was there, but she was gone. And, and so this kind of strange thing that we all experience all the time this kind of you know the our digital image versus our real live body and so started it started really a seed from the actuality of our our situation hey eh? mm-hmm. disembodied uh, consciousness yeah the disembodied That's consciousness yeah <laughs> exactly it's really interesting that the piece would start um, based on an actual interaction with technology and um, that it almost depended on that as far as you guys communicating the ideas and, and, and all of that. And bringing forward this aspect of technology and the production, the, the projection and lighting and uh, who are artists that you're, you're working on and, and are they people you've been working with for a while? Because I believe uh, you and Rafael have been working together since 2008 or maybe mm-hmm. even before that, I'm not sure. I'd like to know about uh, your collaborators. Well, we have uh, Luc uh, Bouchard-Boissonneau. Uh, and it's funny because we, uh, we have met a bit around the world because I had a few friends that have a, that, a company of theatre in Paris and they, they knew him very well. And, um, and then I think Mark was in Montreal, but I was somewhere in Paris, I think. And he was like, oh, I need to... And meet a, a new guy and I'd like him to be a good actor but a dancer as well and then my friends in Paris tell, told me about Luc and how he was great and Luc is an amazing performer he's very authentic in everything he does and um, he has that very strong voice uh, very strong Quebecois voice he's uh, working with Dave St. Pierre as well so he has been really um, exploring a lot of uh, improvisations and clown work and yeah he's really very open very generous in the work and Melina Melina that is from Calgary that I, I we've met through uh, Taryn uh, Javier I don't know if you know Taryn she's a young choreographer from Calgary and she has been doing stuff with uh, Melina as well and she's bilingual which is a good asset for us because we're really sensitive to um, be um, able to switch disciplines and to switch languages as well. We have um, always this this idea that, you know, things are emerging or are born from the in-between space. So to be in between disciplines, to be in between languages is is always a place of... um, of buoyancy and of, uh, of creation. And, and in between countries, right? Yes. Yeah. Not yes. only is this work multidisciplinary, it's international and uh, bringing together uh, a broad, um, the, I mean the members of, of the company or of the production come from a little, from different parts in the world and, and I think that aspect's really, really interesting and also makes the work a little more accessible 
elsewhere other than in Calgary. Yeah. Um, what has been your experience bringing the work uh, from your hometown, which you've premiered it about three weeks ago? What's uh, how how do you feel now bringing it to Montreal? Uh, we're very curious to see how it's going to resonate here in Montreal for sure. Um, but because both Molina and Luke live here, it's a bilingual production. It seems like ideally suited to Montreal. And also the, the language of performance is more elaborated here in, in many ways than it is in Calgary. So I think in Calgary, there's not any other company that's doing this kind of work. And so... Um, it's always we're we're really pioneers in that sense in Calgary and here uh, because it's uh, you know the the dance the dance milieu and the theater milieu is really linked with other places in the world here more than it is in Calgary we're quite isolated there so uh, yeah I think it'll be really exciting and interesting to present to the public here. And having worked with uh, actors and, and people from different disciplines, have you? what's your experience working with non-dancers, and is that something that interests you? I know that Luc is uh, an actor as well as a, as a remarkable mover, but have you worked with non-dancers? Uh, yeah, I come from a theater background to begin with, so actually working with dancers is a new thing for me, so... I'm not a choreographer, I'm a theater director and an actor. So, uh, but the body, again, has always been very important in my work. Um, and uh, to work with dancers was really a revolution for me because they didn't have a fixed idea of how to represent a character on stage. And uh, we're really working on representation and how to explore different ways of representing, um, yeah, the human body on stage. So, In talking about how the, as technologies become available and, we, and we're starting to util, utilize them in, in performance and art and, uh, and all the rest, do you feel like this is uh, something that um, is to be explored this moment when it's new? when it's fresh, or is it something that is going to continue to be a fabric of, of artistic performance in the future? Do you think that this is uh, kind of a novelty, I guess, this, this subject of technology and performance and real and artificial? Or do you think that it's here to stay? Uh, is that in our work or just in general? In general, or? I in think general? I'm thinking, yeah. Because you seem so in, plugged into this kind of... Uh, type of work well I think we're always talking in the theater it's talking about actuality what's going on with us now in the world so technology is a part of that so I can't see that of course there's reactions to technology maybe it's like I don't want to deal with technology the live body is more important let's not use it but still it's in reaction to the world that we live in so I think in that way um yeah, the use of technology and how we relate to that is here for, is here to stay in some way. What do you think, Raf? Well, technology is, yeah, it's a, it's a historical thing. It's like a cultural now, like we are really, um, our bodies are extended through technology. And uh, I think it's going to continue that way. So 
as the art is always reflecting the world we live in, possibly technology is going to stay. But um, personally, I believe that you know the core of of, of live art is is uh, the body and somebody in front of you that is uh, you know that is taking an act that is acting or that is like doing a gesture or dancing. It's uh, it's radical. It's one human being in front of others and uh, and this is a, a strong political act in itself to be uh, in a loneliness on stage in front of others and and to propose a new world or to propose something and can i ask the source for for because you both co-wrote the text that's going to be presented in the production and i'm wondering uh, you know when we're talking about communication, we're talking about this, this, the way that we're communicating now. How uh, do you source the text? What, where does that come from? How do you begin to write for a production like this? Well, we start a lot. The inspiration, I guess this piece was a little bit different because we, I had a residency in Paris for three months to begin the writing. And... Uh, so I was alone quite a bit to begin with and was just reading a lot of material. Marshall McLuhan was one of them. Julian Jaynes was another one uh, that had kind of a radical um, thesis on and how... And images too, like Mark is very visual too, like he's reacting a lot with like um, live art and images and... Yeah, photographs, so there's photographs... Um, we have been uh, watching a lot of um, uh, Gregory Crutzen. I don't know if you know yeah, that Crutzen. photographer. Crutzen. Yeah. Gre- Gregory Crutzen is a photographer. He's amazing. Like it's a, he's always like um, photographing the suburbs, and there is always a little fairy tale note to it. So there is that wonderful picture of a woman laying in a, in her living room, and the living room is full of water, and it's almost snow white or. Uh, of the suburbs and this was a very very big influence and I think in the way how we're writing like um, Mark is really more like in the future or like his his, his, uh, his writing is very organic but uh, in like almost in a slam way and uh, my writing is always linked and that's I f- it's funny because it's a bit the dialectic between uh uh, new world, old world, because I'm European and he's like from North America. So he has really like this very contemporary, almost futuristic, uh, um, I don't know, material. And I'm more like into fairy tale or the forest or like strange, uncanny um, uh, mat- material. Yeah, so it's a nice. Uh, yeah. So we use Spectrum. all this this kind of visual material reading that we do, and then we go into improvisation with uh, with our team, and we try some things out, and and so it evolves in this way. So it's a, a very organic kind of process of writing and staging. And in fact, I designed the sonography before I started writing. So I had this idea of this soundstage. Uh, so it's like on a TV set or a movie set, this idea. And so I kind of created this playground that I started to imagine things inside of this. So, uh, yeah, it's really organic process of writing. You're playing with a lot of dichotomies in this work, it seems. Is there also kind of the male-female dichotomy going on since your cast features 
both male and female performers. Mm-hmm. And you, as the main creators, are opposite genders. Totally. But especially in that piece, I think we have been really, really uh, endeared by the, uh, the idea of left brain and right brain, which is could be a bullshit idea, but it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, so the left brain being like... Uh, more like the um, active brain, the brain of coherency, of reason, of uh, and the of male, power as well. The male brain. Yeah, the male brain. That is our civilization, like in the Western civilization, is founded on that too. Rationalism. Rationalism, knowing, knowing what you're doing. And when the other like uh, side of the brain is more like being in fusion with the world and intuitions and so... The yeah. unconscious unconscious qualities feminine so we have been like you know a bit uh, having fun with these ideas as well and also really talking a lot about the wounded patriarch and the falling of the the crumbling of the you know this kind of left brain conscious rational world that is crumbling or that is starting to fall apart or that is you know that is yeah not in a in a good place not in a healthy place and uh, the use of a video as far as the image that uh, the image that the audience will be experiencing i'm i'm curious as to how you guys take something that is very 2d and and make it uh, into a reality whether it's the picture of the of the uh, lady in her living room in her flooded living room or the images that will actually be projected during the performance uh, what is that relationship from the yeah 2D to 3D? I guess that's the way I would like to put it. Well, we use a curved screen to start oh. with. So it's already changing the two-dimensional idea of the screen a little bit. And there's also, there's also a lot of uh, live feed. So you can see the person in relation to the screen and their body and their image being projected at the same time and there's a lot of tricks as well playing with sometimes it looks like it's live feed but then it's not live feed so we're playing again with how the image how we can be manipulated by an image so it's really an interactive uh, approach to what is being seen and then sometimes of course it's scenographic it's creating a mood it's uh you know, it's taking us somewhere through the image as well, uh, opening up a space through the image. But, uh, it, yeah, we w- we're working on a lot of different levels with this idea of the, of the screen and the projection. And, and again, all of, all of the material that we shot was very organic as well. We would, for example, in Calgary, when we first did the show, there was an old building being de- demolished right across from our theater was the old Calgary Herald building. There's very few old buildings left in Calgary. And this was really strong that this, you know, the first kind of printing press or whatever, the Calgary Herald building was being torn down. And so we video, uh, we shot some video on this building being destroyed and that ended up being in the, in the show um, as this kind of crumbling patriarchal world, the patriarchal world. world, because, you know, when a... A building's being demolished. It has these columns, so it looks kind of like the an old castle, an old castle or something. Yeah. So we, mm-hmm. uh, we and Luke is like in king, and he's like uh, 
yeah, a street guy almost. Like, yeah. He has so a crown, but he's like limping, and there is all of this castle that is like Crumbling. disappearing almost. Yeah. Mm. So when the public came in, they saw that building being destroyed, and they they can come in, and it's there. So we're really trying to always take things that are around us and to make sense out of them. Yeah. Even if that's chaotic. <laughs> Speaking of the visuals of the work, you're also describing kind of um, neon green lawns and bright lights and glowing barbecues and things like this. I mean, it, it seems like there's another element to this work that's a bit, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but there, there's something extreme and perhaps humorous about what... Uh, it's, it is funny as well, and it's working on the suburban landscape uh, uh, as well, so, you know... Calgary and many of the cities in North America are really based on this suburb, suburban ideal, which is this false ideal of the Garden of Eden or this kind of, I guess you could say it's the little kingdom or the little, mm -hmm. you know, this, these places that are built and sold as utopian. Uh, I, Private I, utopian. I, Private utopian ideals, yeah. <laughs> so we really work on the on the suburb. It's kind of a suburban interior, suburban landscape. Okay. I mean, I feel like there are two approaches to that, right? You can you can make a hypercritical approach, or you can make light of it a little bit more. Are you are you utilizing kind of um, like a humorous approach to to open people up to your ideas? Is this a conscious decision to go in one direction or another? Is there a mix of these directions? There is a mix, definitely. Like uh, we are really working on multiplicity and finding different ways to open people in active imagination. So, yeah, we can switch from something very noir, very dark, to all of a sudden a clown scene where we're trying to communicate ideas, but through something completely hilarious and and uh, surrealist. So, yeah. Definitely, we're using many channels. And I'm interested to hear a little more about the title, because it's a very powerful title and creates this 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 image or this um, very strong, almost an atmosphere. So, yeah, uh, what was the what was the process in, in selecting this title? I just I think the title just came to me. I was thinking about. Uh, I was thinking about this space between that I really feel that we're in a time between, again, maybe between the old world and the new world, or there's something changing in how our society is being structured, and we're not there yet. We're in this in-between space, and we don't know. And how thing, things get accelerated by hyper-technology and financial transactions and all of this, you know marketplace that the world is, is becoming too yeah so sometime between now and when the sun goes supernova which is probably the longest title ever <laughs> and resist the kind of marketing norms as well they're trying to format that on a poster or to you know to use it in a program everyone's saying really is it really that long you need that long of a title and uh it's also very pop and and kind of funny you know but it talks a little bit about though this idea of 
the end as well. You know, when is that? What is that? When the sun goes supernova. And is that happening soon or a billion years from now? You know, so it's, it's kind of opening up this... <laughs> This territory it's between. It's like comic relief for the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we also got an exclusive tip that you are uh, sticking around in Montreal after the performance of uh, this this show. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the next creation that's on the horizon, or is that top secret? Uh, yeah, we'll be at uh, Teatro Zécurie in September for three weeks in residency there to begin work on the sequel to this really i'm i'm always interested in um i never see a piece just uh being made uh by itself i'm always pulling threads from different pieces and we're so the the next piece uh is uh Everybody knows that this is nowhere. Everybody knows this is nowhere. Is the title that uh, we're using <laughs> for the next piece, and this one, uh, Supernova, really starts in the suburban landscape. And at the very end of Supernova, there's a little trailer film that we we made, and uh, the actors decide to leave the theater and and go on a road trip and go go into the desert. So you see them leave the theater at the end of the show of Supernova. And uh, they grab a cab and they they head off somewhere, and so that's that's where we'll take the departure point for for the next piece. Uh, so we spoke of your collaborators as far as uh, or the inspiration behind the text, behind the images, behind the atmosphere that you guys have created, um, whether it's production, uh, projection, or uh, text. Uh, so now let's talk a little bit about the music. Uh, who have you been working with as far as soundscape? Uh, the last couple shows, and in Lucy Lost Her Heart, uh, Chris Dadge uh, was uh, working with us, and he also made the composition for Supernova um, and played live. Unfortunately, he's uh, has about three or four bands that he's playing with, and he's touring with a, a guy, Chad Van Galen, who's uh, very busy as well, so he wasn't able to play the show uh, here, but a friend of his is, and uh, but the the music has always been really important uh, and is really part of the organic process of making the piece. So when we improvise, we're always making uh, the musicians always making musical proposals and and coming with uh, with ideas to present. And there's a lot of songs in the piece as well. So there's three or four songs. Uh, so these are always kind of composed with, uh, you know, long jam sessions. Like we, we actually think of ourselves a bit like a band because we really jam all the time and that's how things are, uh, you know, developed. That's how choreography is developed or music is developed or, mm -hmm. you know, so, uh, Kind of selecting the your favorite moments within that jam and making them uh, happen again. Exactly. Yeah, we uh, record everything and on video, and uh, the musicians always keeping track of everything that uh, that he's doing, and and then we start to build and compose from those improvisations. And if I'm not mistaken, the sound is something that is. Uh, uh, performed live, and there's also live looping and. And repetition. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, yeah, 
everything is everything is live. So it's also very complicated technically. <laughs> Our uh, this piece has become quite difficult to to do, especially to tour technically because it takes a long time to set up all of the sound and video and live feed video and all of that stuff. But uh, yeah, the music is the music is really an interesting element. I think it got compared to. Didn't it Paris, Texas, or something? Mm-hmm. Who did the music for Paris, Texas again? Ray Cooder. Ray Cooder, that's it. Yeah. Uh, that I guess that was more related to Lucy Lost Her Heart than this one. This is a little bit more. I think that's because of the video as well, because uh, a few of the images that are in the video are like the deserts, mm-hmm. and so that has been shot in the states, like uh, in. Uh, yeah, we went uh, in Joshua Tree actually. In Joshua in the Tree, yeah. yeah. So I think Paris, Texas is yeah, yeah. is a long meditation on the right. desert and how to lose your identity in the desert and what are you searching for and so so I think that the comparison come from like the association between the music, the soundscape and the the and landscape the of the desert. Yeah. yeah. Is there a little something that uh, we can play at the at the end of the interview to give our listening audience a little taste of what they can expect from yeah, Supernova? Sure. Do you yeah. want to introduce what it would be? Yeah, it's a song that Raphael sings, and it's yeah, it's called "Across the Ice Fields." Perfect. So, thank you both so much for joining us in studio. We've been speaking with Mark Laws and Raphael Thierry uh, about sometime between now and when the sun goes supernova. This uh, will be playing in Montreal at the Théâtre aux Écuries on the 28th, 29th, and 30th of May. And that's on Shabbat Street in uh, Montreal, Quebec. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you.
Dirty Feet is recorded every week at the Montreal Improv Theater. Check them out at montrealimprov.com. Dirty Feet est produit et animé par Produced and hosted by Alison Burns Janie Papillon et Stéphanie Moret-Robert. You can find out more about our show at nomoreradio.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet and find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast. Vous pouvez écouter tous nos épisodes sur notre site web ou vous pouvez vous abonner également sur iTunes à notre podcast. Listen to past episodes on website or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to give us a rating and or leave a comment to help us spread the word. Tune in next week for a whole new show. <laughs>